Okay, how do we want to do this? Do an intro? Yeah, let's do a segue. Segue! Do our IDS. <laughs> hey, welcome to episode three of the What is So Show mini series on creating a resilient distributed workforce. Uh, ooh, we're taking care of a dog. We're taking care of our neighbor's dog, which is a beagle right now. How's that going for you? She's loud and kind of whiny, but she's cute. Ava's freaking out. She's like, hi- Ava thinks she's, she's hiding all her toys. She's lying on top of them, even though she never touches her toys. Cool, man. That's exciting. How long are you watching her for? Literally the day. Oh. Apparently the dog has separation anxiety, so we're the separation anti-anxiety team. Super I'm going to be constructing my, my, the rest of my deer fence this afternoon. You got a deer yeah. fence going up. Are you still yep. using concrete or no? Uh, I think I'm going with bracket, some sort of bracket. Although I got um, like curbside order from Home Depot last night, and I got um, throttled on how many pieces of metal I could buy. Oh man, that's a hot item. You're only allowed to have one. <laughs> All right then. Sweet. These are the times we. These are the times we live in. Apparently. Do you hear that? I think China is like. There's a newspaper article that they printed on the front page, saying uh, that China made the coronavirus and sent it out and this is normally like a a conspiracy newspaper but they sent them through canada post all over canada so they're in like all over ontario north van so they have a bunch of mail outs went out a bunch of mail outs like full newspaper with like china brought the virus to the u.s (laughs) guys you can't just print that and put that on and have canada post deliver it so right. I guess but, you can. <laughs> should they be allowed to? I don't know. Can you just peddle whatever information you want? I guess why not? It's no different than online. I used to deliver flyers as a kid, and I would just because you fold up your whole route worth of flyers, and the flyer people are paid by the by the, the flyer, flyer delivered. And so, if you remove people from your route, then you get paid less. So there's very little incentive to have to let them know that you that house doesn't want flyers delivered to them so they usually end up in the recycle bin i got yelled at once by some old lady as a flyer person you actually have to assemble the little packages of the 10 different flyers or whatever and some old lady yelled at me one day because i had put two of one type of flyer in. and she didn't want the flyers I was 10 years old, just trying to get my, my flyer out done, and some old lady leans into me on, fuck this, I'm going to go have a real career. <laughs> that was the last day, that was the last day Warren ever delivered flyers. Yeah, that's it, I'm going to school. I'm going to school. I was very motivated to uh, change career paths at that point. Funny segue. There you go. There you go, right? So episode number three. So if you listen to the first two podcasts on systems, we touched on uh, some processes and we kind of touched on uh, how companies can nurture some trust with, uh, with the systems. And what I hope is started to become clear that although the topic of this podcast is systems, processes, and culture, those aren't three independent buckets. They're all kind of woven together and each Every time you change a system, you're going to change a process, which is going to impact how your business operates, which will impact your culture. So as you're making changes and you're kind of refining how how your remote working environment is going, it's really important to realize the interaction between those three things. 
And today we're going to have more of a focus on our business processes and how might you change them to take advantage of this remote, uh, remote working environment. And there's three things we needed to cover. We're going to talk about how you motivate the team, just general basics. We're going to go back to a MBA teachings from Harvard Business Review. Then we're going to talk about communicating clear goals. So how you communicate those goals and also defining the clear lines of authority within your teams and how that might help them in the long term be more effective. And finally, creating a feedback loop, allowing your team to, to fail fast, but also be able to iterate to improve the processes so they're not spending so much time on things that don't really add value to the business. I like it. Straight from Harvard Review, the five pillars of motivation are achievement, recognition, the work itself, responsibility, and growth. So when you're thinking about motivating your team, those five pillars really have to be well-rounded. And of course, that's from the 70s and 80s, and it's modified slightly since. But at the core of it, this is what motivates your team. And so thinking about your remote workforce and how that those systems are going to change, but also what do you have in place to actually make sure those five pillars are met um, and thinking about what you can do to get better at it. So how are these being met before? And I think a lot of this had to do with the, the kind of rich communication that we talked about in the, in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, one of the important things um, that I kind of gleaned from my personal life was um, my wife made me listen to the the five love languages, some Oprah podcast. Didn't we all? I don't, yeah, I think, I, yeah, everyone's partners probably made them <laughs> listen, to, listen to that. Uh, and it turns out we have very different um, love languages. Um, and there's obviously a, a big uh, line in the sand between your relationship with your partner and your relationship with your employees, oh, one would hope. Hopefully. But I, I think there's a lot of um, similar um, thinking in, in how you express um, gratitude towards people and how you recognize them in terms of achievement because not all uh, not everyone wants to be recognized in the same way. And this whole thing is kind of flipped that on its head and you can't, it's very, it's more difficult to recognize achievement than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a couple of the other pillars like growth is, is unsure. A lot of people are talking about taking time cuts. So, you know, it's multifaceted and being able to recognize the areas that are motivating your team. Going to your example of your wife making you watch this thing, I think it's also the manager's job to make sure people understand that you're willing to listen to understand what motivates them. And that was true before COVID, but I think now with much less interfacing face-to-face and without that richness in our communication, you lose a lot of that communication and you don't know anymore how your team is doing. And so you need to be very careful in how you're motivating your team and making sure it's clear across both sides. Not only does the person know what's motivating them, but also that as a manager, you also know that. Yeah. And maybe you didn't do a good job of that beforehand. Yeah. So so it's probably more, I don't think anyone asked me. And as I was uh, starting out in my career, how, 
I wanted to be recognized in terms of when I did a good job, if I wanted to shout out in front of a large group of people or to be told good job in an email. And the fun thing you can do in your team, if you're managing a team and you're not really sure what's motivating individual members, is to do a personality test. My personality type require like has a specific type of motivation that gets me going. I care a lot about interaction, human interaction and the social aspect of getting along with people. Like I believe in like a greater purpose. And so I get motivated by being able to push my own, like to feel like I'm a part of something bigger and that I can help influence stuff. Whereas someone else is like, you're such a millennial. Yeah, exactly. If I'm, if someone's managing me knowing that and also personally me knowing that helps us both navigate how to keep me going and keep me happy. So anyways, hot tip on using personality test. Yeah. And that's and the Myers-Briggs to me is the most useful one. Good one. Mm-hmm. So no, so knowing these five pillars and, and that everyone kind of receives or prefers to receive a lot of this feed in terms of feedback anyway, in different ways, how do, how do we adjust our processes to, to meet these now? And I, I'm just trying to think of how I was motivated while I was working in an office. And I, so achievement and recognition, those are kind of, well, achievement can be self-actualized. Recognition can come from your supervisor or from your, from your peers. The work is kind of on its own. And then so we've kind of looked at these, we've got responsibility and growth as these two um, outliers that really probably need some focus. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about responsibility, um, really understanding or helping people understand what they're responsible for. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to cut that. Co- COVID life. This is the, this is the dream we're all living right now. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah. All right. Where was I there? Focusing on responsibility and growth because these are the two outliers that that need some more focus and so in terms of responsibility and making sure that everyone knows what they're responsible for um and understand like understanding what your job is i think it's probably a really good time for everyone to go back and write out your job description and make sure everyone's lines of responsibility are very clear like who's responsible for doing what and have that really well identified so there's no gaps in all the work that needs to get done and then creating and properly communicating um, your authority that you have so you look at for every decision that you make throughout your day before if you needed advice or you needed to know what to do. It was really easy to get that information. And now, because we're all working much more autonomously, we really need to understand what decisions we're allowed to make on our own and what decisions we need to bring other people into the loop on. And I, and I think if you can, you can clearly identify that, you can save a ton of headache and a ton of um, time that would be wasted in trying to figure out uh, if I'm allowed to buy a new mouse as a terrible example. <laughs> if you're if you're allowed to to sign up a new vendor, for instance, if you had to procure uh, I don't know, a new piece of equipment. You had that problem with your boss, right? In my case, when I was working, it didn't matter what the value was. 
I always had to get a signature from someone to sign off. What a waste of time. Uh, man, the worst part of my day was making a purchase order for my boss to sign. Because not only do I have to make it, physically make this thing, I have to yeah. bring it to his office and have him sign it. And he has to question me on every single purchase I make. And so it's it's not, I don't get to own it at that point. He's He's making a decision to sign off on every one of those decisions. One, wasting his time, wasting my yeah. time, and also undermining my ability to make decisions. Right. Had I had to do this remotely, that would have taken me three years just to sign off on the purchases that I had to do on a daily basis. So had the system, had we built in a clear line of division where I have complete ability to make decisions up until X amount of dollars or X amount of risk that would have completely simplified my work path. And I would have been able to be more effective. And also uh, my manager probably would have been happier with how things were going because he could see more progress as opposed to being, you know, in a micromanagement situation, constantly understanding every little piece. The key thing you have to understand is what is working and what isn't working for your team right now. Yeah. And so brings us to our third takeaway from this podcast is really trying to understand what's working and what's not. So developing a feedback loop. Um, yeah. a, a lot of systems and a lot of processes are going to change and you're going to have a lot of issues. So we're, we're in this environment now where we're basically creating new processes as we go. And there's some of them are going to be work really well and some of them won't work so well. And it, this goes back to any quality management system where you really need to understand your it's, it's, you're introducing a plan, do, check, act cycle. So you've made a plan, you've changed your process. You're going to execute on that process and run it through and see how things are going. And you need to put in this, this feedback loop, which is your check function to make sure that things are going the way you want them to. And so people need to be able to communicate their, their issues and, and it needs to be recorded somewhere. So is there a mechanism that you, we can put in place for, like if you look at it from an HSE perspective, I think I had the example of um, in the health health and safety world, if there was a near miss, it wouldn't wait until the next safety meeting to be recorded or to let everyone know. If there's a, an incident that could have caused a problem, it, it gets reported immediately. And then you go to the frequency and severity, right? So because this is so new, there's going to be things cropping up that slow us down. Um, Carol is spending, she keeps losing like a couple of minutes throughout the day trying to find this document or trying to get approval for some sort of um, decision she needs to make. And each time this happens, it's probably a couple minutes of delay. But if the frequency is uh, across the organization is there's a hundred of these a week, even though there's uh, the individual incident is has a um, low severity, it becomes a big deal when you've got a really high frequency. And then on the flip side, if your v your VPN goes down and people can't get onto the network, that's a very high severity incident, but it's probably going to happen less frequently. But if you compare the two, maybe they're, maybe it's a similar amount of downtime, but you, it's those high frequency, low severity things that you don't know are happening unless you're looking for them 
And so you've got all these new processes in place. You re- you need to have a, a way to monitor and improve them. And whether that's using Slack or what was the other one we talked about? We talked about, I think one of the most valuable ways to get around this is just to set up a, a, a morning roundup. So in Scrum, a typical thing is a Scrum master and you, you take 15 minutes, everybody talks about what their goals are, what their expected challenges are and barriers. Uh, but you can modify this to include, you know, what issues did you have yesterday? What do you want to overcome? What, what has been hindering you for the last day? And is there anything we can do on a system level or a process level that we can change just to speed your day up, just to make you more productive? That stuff will come out pretty easily once you have that conversation. But giving people the avenue and the space to have that conversation is really what I think a lot of businesses need to focus on. Yeah. So we, I used to work with this, a vendor that had um, every morning, every employee would come in and they would re-record their voicemail saying that you've reached uh, like it's today's Wednesday, April 29th. This is Warren Boyle. I'm in the office today from nine till five as a customer. I really appreciated knowing that they've so they've I would phone and leave a message and I know that they've prioritized they've obviously prioritized their voicemail long story short is I thought it would be really and I wish I could say that this was a best practice but because it, it's not but having a way to as a group kind of log in and, and send out a video internal video update to your team um, because we're all on these different schedules now we know that not everyone will be working at the same time and getting these updates, even, even if they are just one direction, just going to your manager saying, here's my goals for the week. This is what I'm working towards. These things are holding me up. Uh, and then you can kind of digest all of these little micro updates from your team. And then maybe you call them together at some point during the day and, uh, and you know everything that's going on and you can help work, work through some of their bottlenecks together. Yeah. And I think the key here is you're going to fail, but the key is to fail fast and try to adapt. And the only way to adapt is to get that feedback. So, yep. <laughs>